Okay, so hey guys, and hope you're all doing well. It's almost like I'm, uh, I don't know, not nervous to do a podcast, but it's been so long that, um, yeah, it's probably just not as autopilot as it used to be. Um, I actually did attempt to do a few podcasts, but then, yeah, time just ran away with me. And then also when I, this is kind of not bad, but like, I guess with me doing um, more content and things like YouTube and um, I've got a bit more like selective about what I'm willing to not share as in like, not be honest about things, but share as in like, I did a podcast when I was driving in the Jeep and because the Jeep is pretty noisy, I just wasn't happy with the fact that it was really noisy and you couldn't really hear what I was saying. And so anyone that has been following the YouTube type stuff, um, you'll know that I'm back training. It's not, it's not pretty. Um, I guess I took a long enough period of time off that meant that basically fitness had just, basically my fitness is as bad as it could possibly be um, if you're just training a little bit. And I'll explain that uh, like as best I can. And so I didn't, I haven't done zero. And so of course, if I did zero, then it would be worse. But what I've basically done was probably just enough training to keep the fitness at, yeah, like I said, its lowest possible um, place. And, and I know that's kind of sounding a bit confusing, but it's, it, it basically, if you do like, if you do like the bare minimum, you can keep the fitness at a, I'm not going to say a solid place, but like you can, you can make sure that the fitness kind of still exists. Right. And that, and that, believe it or not, is way more fitness than if you did zero. But if you do the bare minimum for probably two to three months, will you still lose quite a lot of fitness? And I know that's not making a huge amount of sense, but it kind of does. And so that's kind of like where I'm at. Of course, had I done zero, well, then I'd be like really struggling right now. Sorry, I'm looking for a charger for the chorus. So of course, if I did zero, then I'd be like really struggling. But because I did like, like I said, that like kind of, that kind of like bare minimum, then, and what do I mean by bare minimum? I mean like when I say just enough, yes, I found it. That's amazing. Now I can get back to the podcast. By just enough, I mean like, I think I was running like 30 miles a week maybe. So like maybe like a third of how much training like I would normally do. So like a normal week would have been like 90. And so that to me was just enough. First of all, nobody nobody told me that was just enough. That was just a decision that I made. Like I would run, yeah. A little bit to make sure that I don't like it's gonna sound silly but like I just didn't want to like get fat 
And I don't mean silly. I just like, I just know in the past how difficult it's been if I like, if my motivation does come back and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, like I need to shift like a lot of weight. And even though I still have to shift like some weight, it's not like, it's not like outrageous and it's not that much. And that's much, again, I'm going to sound really like, this is going to sound really simple, but like that's a lot easier than it is if like, here's what happens. You lose motivation. You're not training as much. You don't run. You eat bad. You maybe drink. You get motivated. You decide you want to start back. And you kind of just want as little things to be working against you as possible. And so if when you start back, you have like literally like all of a sudden you have to lose weight and then not only do you have to lose weight, you have to, um, you know, rebuild that fitness. It just means that like there's just lots of things working against you and like that can become like it can just become really hard work and then you almost like lose motivation again because everything's working against you. And that's super, super understandable. Like, of course that happens because like you, you, you kind of want to get back into training and you kind of wanted to have like some kind of like nice flow to it or, you know, some kind of like good feeling. And so, yeah, if you start back and like all of a sudden you have this, you already have a mountain to climb. Running already doesn't feel the way it used to because you've taken time off. And so very, very long story short, um, that is why I, yeah, didn't, um, yeah, didn't train zero because I wanted to keep some layer of fitness, but also try to manage the weight so that when I did start back, another reason to manage the weight is because when you do start back and you are pretty motivated, if you're heavy, the injury risk is much higher. And so, because you're a bit heavier, the load on the body can be, yeah, it can be tougher. And then all of a sudden you have something else working against you. So what you don't need at the end of your first week or two, getting back into training is an injury because then that motivation, could you imagine I fly to Flagstaff, I'm excited to train again. And within a week I'm injured and suddenly you're like, F this, like I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. This is running sucks. But actually, a lot of that is your own responsibility. And so that's where you need to kind of hold yourself accountable to, well, you know, in my situation is, well, well, Stephen, you, you chose to take three months a bit easier. So like, you can't just then fly to Flagstaff and think you can just jump straight back in, straight back to the same speed, straight back to the same amount of training. And so with all this stuff, it's, a lot of it is our own um, damn fault, I suppose you could say, if you choose to take the time off. And, and then not only that, if you choose to rush back into things, like there is so much of this is like self-accountability. Um, and so, yeah, so look, long story short, um, I came back to flag. I, I decided to, you know, give this a go. Um, I didn't need to. And why I say I didn't need to is because probably around October last year, 
I it became really clear that I wasn't I wasn't sure if I wanted to run competitively anymore. I'll always run. And anybody listening understands why because running gives us so much. Really good for the head. Um, really good for you know keeping that weight down and and yeah giving you that sense of achievement that then means you can go home and nail a big Chinese and a beer and it feels delicious but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the I don't know that like competitive running and 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 here's the difference when I'm doing it for fun so when I was working on the the school stuff I could get up and focus just on the school or just on the masterclass and I could go to Sedona and I could record all day and I could edit videos and when I got home I could run six or seven mile on the treadmill and that was fine there was no problem with that because that was like that was like me doing this for like fun but then when the like then when the focus changes and you're doing it to be as good as you can possibly be and this kind of happened not it kind of happened yesterday when you're doing it to be as good as you can possibly be the very first focus of the day should be running and then the next focus after that should be um like gym and rehab so it should be still linked to running and so the the full the full day's training for me is more a case of you, you get up, you get up out of bed, you drink your coffee, you have your hydration drink, you do some stretching, you do your little bit of activation stuff at home. And I did add a full activation routine free. If you go joggingroom.com and then courses, and then on the, the bottom of the page, or well, if you go to courses page, it's right there. You click a button and you go to free. No, you can't go to free. You go to recovery. And in recovery, you'll see uh, the activation routine. But you, you got to do a little bit of that. And then you go run. And then you have to hydrate again. And then you have to consider, do I need a nap? Do I not? Should I stretch after the run? Should I foam roll after the run? And then, yeah, about an hour or two later, you're thinking, oh my God, now I have to go to gym. And then after you go to gym, you come back and you relax and you eat and you make sure you're fueling. And then you have to, for me personally right now, I have to jump on the, I jump on the bike. So I cross train because I, I need to make up fitness. I need to make up ground. I'm, I'm behind. And, and so I have to cross train. And this is like, I guess this is a lot of decisions. And so yesterday I was messing around with a YouTube video. The Wi-Fi wasn't working at the house. So I went to a coffee shop. Before I know it, it's literally 1 p.m. I leave the coffee shop. I come back. I do my run. So I think I do seven or eight mile. I get I get a run done. And, and I still do the cross training that night. But I go back to the coffee shop. And if I get to the end of yesterday, right? And I say to myself, did you, did you, let's pretend there's a big whiteboard up on the wall. And I have to say, did you prepare today? Did you, all your decisions today, was that the best decisions for Paris Olympics, right? And I have to look at that and I have to give an honest answer. And I likely have to look at that. I don't likely have to look at that. I 100% have to look at that and go, no. Because I shouldn't have been in a coffee shop for 
four hours in the morning when everyone else is out there training. So I didn't do activation. I didn't do any stretching. I don't think I'd had my glass of hydration. And and it just meant that like all of a sudden at like, and then I went back to the coffee shop because I still had, you know, bits and pieces of work to do. And then it meant that like, at I guess it was at like, um, what time would it have been? I guess around... Mm, 6.45 I was leaving the coffee shop to come back to jump on the cross trainer and then jump in the infrared sauna and so here's the like not the like kicker but here's the here's the thing right in terms of like what training did I get done well I, I did my gym I did my run and I did my cross training and so all in all it's not a <laughs> It's not a bad day, but we're not, we're not looking for bad days. It's the, the, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make, and this is, this is something that I try to drill home and I'm going to do, I, I think I'll get around to doing a YouTube on this, but I'm, I do it in the school. I talk about it in the masterclass just because at the end of the week, you look at your training diary and it, and it looks full. And it says 60 miles or it says 60 miles, gym twice, you know, cross training. Okay. That doesn't make it like a full, full week. It doesn't, it doesn't make it like, like I did everything I could this week to, you know, PB in my next race. And that's where it comes down to like, what, what decisions were you making? What kind of decisions were you making in that sort of like that week that suggested like, you know, that you could um, you could go on and PB in your next race? And that's like, you know, I, I a coach asked me when when Tim was going to help me. And that's Richard Ringer's coach that just won the, you know, European championships. When when he asked me, um, is running enough for you? Right. And he was, you know, this is when we were still having the conversation about like him helping me and him coaching me. And he said, Stephen, like, is running enough for you? Is it going to be enough when I, you know, when I'm going to set you this train and are you going to do the train and, and then just relax? You, you think Kipchoge spending six, seven hours in a coffee shop? Come on. We know he's not. And that's, that's kind of like the difference. And that was the, that was the sacrifice that I personally, and I think I spoke about this on the podcast, but that was the sacrifice that I was going to have to make. I was going to have to be willing to, yeah, some of the, some of the work stuff, some of the, was going to have to give it up and, and, and be, be okay with that. So I was going to have to make decisions along the way to give some of this stuff up, to be like, okay, I'd, I'd love to, you know, um, I, I'd love to go coffee shop. I'd love to do seven, eight hours of work or whatever. Still back in that like school mode and that sort of like grind, call it whatever you want. But I know that to be the, the best runner I can possibly be, then potentially I had to just focus on running that day. And then, of course, when I'm sitting in the Normatex at home and I'm doing a bit of recovery stuff, well, 
of course when you're doing that little bit of recovery stuff and all that at home there's you know there's time to jump on the laptop and do little bits of work and and things like that like it's not it's not a sin you know you're allowed to do these things that's that's super understandable um but i knew in that state of mind that i was in when i was working on the master class or when i was you know really focused on that and and really wanted that to do well i i knew that i had to put everything into that and that's why i took the time off that i took off but also because coming back to my like kind of original point if there you know if there was one the original point was i didn't like that I wasn't sure if like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to run because running was like my source of income or did I want to run because I wanted to be, you know, the best runner that I could possibly be. And that was, that was tough for me. Not tough, but like if you're sitting at home and you're listening and and it's hard to make sense by it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like someone saying like, hey, if you break three hours in your next marathon, for example, um, not only that, they'll, they'll, they say to you, hey, you're going to train for a marathon. I, I want you to break three hours for the marathon and I'm going to I'm going to pay you enough to cover your wages for the next, you know, three months. So you don't you don't have to work. Um, and then if you break the three hours, you'll get a bit of a bonus. And then you're like, well, am I motivated by money? which is awesome, or am I motivated because I really want to do it? And the reason that's so important is because I, I mean, I've been doing this a long time as the money thing. So like, don't get me wrong. If this was the first time that somebody offered me money to train and and you guys are probably like, God, you sound so like spoiled. But if this was the first time I had ever been offered money to train, well, it'd be a lot different. But I, I mean, I think I've been, been paid for I don't know six years or something at this point and and so the next relevant point here before I sound spoiled is that if you're just doing it for the money you're not good enough that's the problem it's not that the money's not the problem the money's fantastic everyone loves money come on and that sounds harsh but like it helps a lot but if your motivation is because I'm doing this because someone's paying me to do it Think about it. If you're going to do anything and you're only doing it because you're being paid, you just, you'll put effort in. Of course you will, because maybe that's the kind of person you are, but you'll not really like, you know, sink your teeth into it. And I think to be really good and I think to be successful at the games, to go to Paris and to actually run well or to actually qualify, I had to want it. It had to be that I just thought that means enough to me that I that I really want it. And I knew then if if that was the case, that then everything would change. Everything would be different. I'd I'd prepared differently. I'd focused differently. And so the first we're kind of coming up to like two weeks of getting back into training now. We're not, it's Wednesday. We're only like a week and a half, but it's still not been like perfect. And so I'm still kind of transitioning to like 
more emphasis on on the running and less emphasis on you know I, I was really enjoying like getting up and and thinking to myself oh like I can just go coffee shop I like I don't need to like run first thing in the day I I, I really enjoyed that um but now I'm kind of transitioning back to like hey no this is this is the focus now and I think for people listening that's that's a really interesting idea to start thinking about like even though you're getting the training done not not thinking that way when i when i did the i did a 10k plan and a marathon plan for the like the website or whatever um and within the plan part of it was asking yourself the question like okay i got today's training done eight miles right but did i do it the way i should have First of all, did you even know how you should do it? And I mean, should it be easy? Should it be steady? Should it be tempo? I don't know. And then if you picked one of those options, because that was the right option, did you execute it in a way that had someone been standing at the end of the run and they were going to give you a fair assessment of how it went, right? So I call it, this is, this is in the, you know, in the 10K plan and that, the marathon plan, it's, I call it the, the point system, right? And you, you earn your points by asking yourself that question. I had an eight mile recovery run, for example. Did I run eight miles at a recovery effort or did I did I push? And if you pushed, then you, you don't get your points that day. But you have to start asking yourself those honest questions. And that's what makes running quite tough because let's be honest that it is tough and I think the way that you get your like I think the way that you you get your biggest results out of races is by well it, it sounds stupid but that's the whole point of these like when I was doing these like points things or all that that was the whole purpose the whole purpose was to start doing things at the like the right efforts and at the right paces. And that's why like the Ingebrigtsens, for example, are, are so far ahead um, because they're, they're literally nailing their training. So when they like finish a session, they know for a fact, because they track these things like lactates and all that kind of stuff, they know for a fact that they nailed that day. And I think a lot of runners like what we're doing now is we're kind of like we kind of we think of like I nailed today as like a I don't know as like a as like a volume thing or a or a I nailed today because I ran 10 miles and the program said run 10 miles so I I nailed it but it's like but if you ran 10 miles a bit too quick and you didn't you know run at the the right effort or or the right heart rate or or the right intensity for that day well then you you didn't nail it <laughs> you know you you maybe got like you maybe hit like 60 percent of the run at the sort of right heart rate or the the right effort or the right intensity and so it just means that when you get to race day and everybody this is why everybody thinks running so hard right they say running so hard oh my god i put in all this effort and i didn't get a pb right it, it's actually not that hard but you just have to do lots of little things and do them not even hard, 
do them right. And that's what's so important. You have to do it right. And what I mean by do it right is like, get up, have your hydration, you know? Don't don't say in five days time that you're tired, but you put no emphasis on hydration or nutrition. That's, that's bullshit, you know? What, you're probably tired because you didn't give a shit about your hydration, your sleep or your nutrition. So running's not hard. You just didn't apply yourself as much as you could. <laughs> it's that simple. And that is why <laughs> when, <laughs> that is why when I, when I sat and, you know, didn't know if I wanted to do this, didn't know if I wanted to really commit to this training for this Olympics and, and you know, all that kind of thing. That's why. Because I knew, I knew how tough running is. And, and that's, it's that simple. I knew, I know how tough running can be. I know, I know firsthand when, when I make a decision, it's like, okay, I'm going to train for this. I'm going to really focus on this. I know what it meant. And when Tim asked me, is running, you know, is running enough for you? Like, are you going to, you know, are you going to want to do other things? Are you going to, I knew what he meant. I knew exactly what he meant by that. And that was, yeah, that was interesting. That was tough. That was tough to, you know, make those decisions because yeah, sometimes I guess I didn't know the answer. Is running enough? Can I, can I get up? Can I stretch? Can I get, take my hydration? Can I go run? Can I come back? Can I nap? Can I ignore the emails? You know, can I ignore that I'd love to build a 5k plan for the website? Can I, you know, some days be like, hey, don't, don't worry about YouTube today. And that, yeah, I guess TBC to be confirmed. <laughs> but in terms of like a rough general plan, right now I'm um, rebuilding the body in a really nice way. So I guess what I'm doing is just like getting the body back into training and back like getting used to handling you know, running, handling gym again and, and just, yeah, just putting the body through its like paces, I suppose you could say, so that in um, probably like four weeks time, three weeks time, four weeks time, I'll then be able to handle enough training that could, that, you know, could build like, and I'm going to call it like real fitness. Right now I'm kind of just going through the motions but when you've ran like you know 30 mile a week some weeks you you can't just like jump straight back into like like full training you have to like take your time with it you have to you know just be patient with the body let the body let the body build at a at a speed that it's you know able to build versus trying to like force it and and the mad thing is is that you can actually like if you're willing to be to be patient with it you can actually build as much fitness like doing it that way than you would if you were like trying to like trying to force it right and if you try to if you try to force it it's not good that's not what you want you want to you want to do it in a way the reason it's not good is because you can actually get you can actually get as much, if not more, benefit from just being a bit 
slower. And I mean slower both in terms of like paces when you're out there training, but also just in terms of how quickly you try to jump back up to like full training. And this is this is the bottom line. If you've been running 20, 30 mile a week, for example, if you move to 40, that will stress the body in a new way that it hasn't been used to lately and you'll gain some fitness. Then when you go to 50, it'll stress the body in a new way that it hasn't been used to lately and you'll get more fitness. And so there's no point like pushing it and pushing it up to like maybe 70 right away or 80 right away because you might as well get the benefits that it was going to get from doing 40 and then 50, etc., etc. And that's so, so important because why not get some benefits at 40 or 50 before you have to go to like 70 or 80? And the only thing stopping you from being patient is probably your head. Your head's probably being like, no, no, we need to get back into this. We're running out of time. We've missed all this time. But actually, that's like, yeah, we've missed time. Whose fault is that? And once you accept that responsibility and a bit of accountability there that says, yeah, we missed a bit of time because, yeah, shit, we took time off. And so we took time off. And so, yeah, we missed time. Let's, uh, yeah, let's take our time with this. But once you kind of like, like I said, once you accept that like responsibility for, you know, missing that time, which let's be honest, it's a hundred percent your fault. You chose to, you know, take that time off. Um, then yeah, you, you build at a, at a rate that your body is both capable of rebuilding, but also what will get the most benefits. And so that's where I'm at. I'm rebuilding. I haven't, it's, it's kind of annoying. I was kind of looking at the calendar and it's, it's difficult for me that there's a world champs and I won't, I won't be taking part in it um difficult because it's now the second world champs that i won't be taking part in um but i'm building a plan that could hypothetically help me um qualify for the olympics which you know i'm gonna sound silly i'm funny but if you haven't heard it's like the (laughs) you know the big deal around here um, and so when I'm, I, I could have hypothetically in at the end of April or May gone and tried to, you know, race a marathon to qualify for world champs. And, and I think like I was looking at like the way, the way points are and, and the way points sort of work. And yeah, I might've been able to, um, yeah, probably like sneak my way in I suppose you could say um I say sneak my way in because the the true way of qualifying or the legit way you could say where there's no complications would be to go and run 20940 I think it is but I'm not running 20940 in April let me tell you that but I did believe there's a there's a still a point system and if you run under 21230 then you can, you know, get into world champs. And so if you have enough points. And so I did think come the end of April, there might be a chance of 2.12.30. That might seem 
ambitious, but I just believed it. And, and I, yeah, I, I know when I say I believe it, it's not like me being arrogant that I'm so good that I can train for three months and do it. There is a bit of arrogance there, but I also just probably would have like, honestly, I'd have probably just stayed up the mountain. But the, the difference is, is I'd have had to like, what I'd have had to do is like dedicate the training in a way that would rush the training. And so to run 2.12.30 in April, I would have had to, honestly, like next week, for example, I would have had to already jump straight back into like, like a decent long run, right? And that, that is why I then have to decide not to do that because if I rush the training and I, and I all of a sudden start doing like a long run that, you know, I shouldn't have been doing. And when I say shouldn't have been doing, I mean like I'm keeping the training at a decent level for now, but like we just talked about, I'm building it back slowly. So the minute you like, the minute you like pencil a race back in there, or the minute that you like, you know, get excited to race, you have to be careful that it doesn't mean all of a sudden you're making decisions that you shouldn't have been making. And the decisions that you might start making might be like, I don't know, maybe you're going to start like, yeah, like next Sunday deciding that, well, I've got a marathon in 10 weeks time. And so I, I need to like do a, I need to do a long run. And that's the, that's where you have to be like careful that you're not making decisions that you shouldn't have been making. And so when I have to ask myself the question, like, you know, will it help Paris if I could qualify for the world champs in a way that would help Paris and not hinder it? Well, then, yeah, no problem. I could, I could definitely do, you know, the world champs. But because I would have to force the train and, and because I would have to like, you know, get myself basically, you know, running long run sooner than I should have. I'm probably going to do 10 miles this Sunday. But if I'm doing a marathon in 10 weeks time, then I'm probably going to do 16. And that's the difference. I'm probably going to do 10 miles, not that hard. But if I'm racing a marathon in 10 weeks time, I'm probably going to do 16. And, and within that run, naturally push a bit harder because I know in 10 weeks time there's a marathon coming up and I think they're the little decisions that if you're making the right ones you increase your chances of going to Paris massively and that yeah it's not easy in fact it's not easy at all it's tough it's 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 much more fun when you can just make whatever decisions you want but um I have um, if I'm being honest, I probably have very little chances it is, you know, making the Olympics. It's, it's got so hard to wait 10. Oh my God. And so with every good decision, you're just increasing that chance a little bit and that's it. So plenty of good decisions. It doesn't mean I'm not going to like it doesn't mean I'm going to like be a hermit. That's not the case at all. It's not like this all or nothing approach. It is in terms of like, 
getting the training in, doing the training the right way. So when I lace the shoes up and I go for a run, well, it's being done at the exact intensity that that run was supposed to be done at. But it doesn't mean that like, you know, I'm I'm not going to do anything except be up a mountain and, and focused on like altitude and training and, and altitude camps will be planned into the program to suit the program. But I think my journey to the Paris Olympics needs to be different from Tokyo because Tokyo became a, like a, it sounds so harsh, but like a fail, a fail because I let myself down and I don't mean performance. I mean that four weeks before I didn't want to go. And so I let myself down, (laughs) not, not the race result, not fitness. I just let myself down. I let myself get too, yeah, maybe too into it. And and so this time around, it'll be a bit different. My psychologist used to tell me that every, um, basically every, uh, I think it was every month. I'm pretty sure it was every month he wanted me to do something um, that was like, basically like just something fun right something that was going to like like we we talked about focus and how like I would get to like closer to big races and, and then maybe like I would have lost a bit of focus or maybe I hadn't lost a bit of focus maybe I had just like um I don't know maybe I'd been reckless maybe I'd been impulsive it it really doesn't matter and so he used to say like well why don't you like why don't you every like four or five weeks, like just for the weekend, like go, go visit some friends. You know, I have friends in Louisiana and that's where I went to school. And, and I just never did it because I got so like, oh no, I can't take a weekend off. And that's going to have to be the difference. Like, for example, I'm probably going to go back to like Hawaii for a weekend because I loved it. And it was so good to me. And it was so good for the psychology. And I have to start protecting all sides of this of course getting the fitness moving in a great direction that's so so important of course getting time at altitude equally as important but also what's important is getting the head in as good a place as it can possibly be and i think that's as maybe that's the most important part of all this to make an olympics and learning what's going to help contribute to that is going to be really important. So what is going to keep that headspace in a really good place? You know, is it going to be like little trips away? Like, you know, when, when you are away training, like, do you, do you pencil in like just little easier periods? I'm not sure what it is, but that's something I need to think about. And so, yeah, shit, this is like now the, I don't know, like the official journey to Paris. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I have a lot of work to do. If you do get to watch any of the YouTube stuff, you'll see that my fitness is not where it needs to be. But it's actually not like, it's actually not like terrible, terrible. I'm telling you, if I put on the, um, like if I put on the super shoes, I haven't been wearing super shoes. But if I put on the like, super shoes and did some of these sessions they would look a lot different and so at the minute I'm kind of like making it hard for myself but 
what will happen is in a couple of weeks time, I'll like transition into like, maybe in one of the sessions, I'll wear them just to see the difference. Um, but I wanted it to be hard for myself because like I, I wanted to, I almost wanted to, yeah, it just to be a bit tougher. And I don't know why that is. I think I just wanted to be humbled. I wanted to remember that running's really tough and really difficult. So I'm running like 3.30 for a K and the lactate's like two, but it's actually really difficult to keep your lactate at two. So it, you'll see in the YouTube video, like I, I can almost like have a full conversation, but it's just difficult to keep it at two. And, and you'll actually find in like two weeks time that that'll transition really quickly. That's like, it's blowing the cobwebs a little bit. Um, but basically I would guess that almost needs to be not race pace, but it probably has to be like 310. Mm, it's only a K. And so because it's only a K, even at altitude, you should probably be able to run 1K at race pace and keep the lactate at two. Yeah. Because like I did a full video on YouTube about threshold and the further you go, so if you do a 2K rep or a 3K rep or a 5K rep or a 10K rep, of course, the lactate might creep up a bit more. And so just for a K, like you can run a 400, for example, much faster and keep the lactate at two than if you're doing a K. It, it, it's just the way it works. It just, your body really, you're just not working as hard because it's only 400 meters. Then if you try to sustain that for 800 or 1200 or a mile, it gets harder, lactate goes up. And so, yeah, maybe I'm, I could be over 20 seconds slower than I need to be for a K. Um, but I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I, I've never, I, I've never really done, um, I've never really done lactate testing at altitude when I've, when I've been like, I don't know, call it like very fit or like ready to race or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I'm actually not sure, but that's what makes this feel like quite like fresh and organic. It, it feels quite good in that way because yeah, like I just, I just don't know. So it feels quite new. So I can set like new expectations. I can say, this is where I wanted to get to. For example, I'm going to do a couple of weeks at altitude now, and then it'll probably be like a three week stint. And then I'll go to sea level for three weeks and I'll have clear goals that the next time when I come back the altitude, like for example, maybe I want those Ks to be like down to 320. And then when they need to be at like 305 or three minutes is closer to when I'm actually gonna to try to run the qualifying time for Paris, which is probably gonna be like either September or depending on how things are looking, then it might have to be moved to like October, which would be like, if it's looking like I can't run um, 208.10, then you move it to, I'm gonna to have to try to get points. And the best way to get points is to go to Dublin Marathon and run really well in your national championships. But we will see. I don't wanna make any promises right now, but yeah, look, that's all for today. Um, if you haven't already, go check out 
um, joggingroom.com and that's where I uploaded I think there's 12 hours of lectures and 60 courses if you now go to the courses page you can actually see everything that you're going to get almost everything I think I uploaded pretty much all of them um, there's now a 10k plan there's a marathon plan um, and I just want to check I'm checking right now I think there's still a coupon available here we go coupon um, there you go it's called Lions, L-I-O-N-S, all capitals, and that's 20% off. So you can go do that if you want, and there's a lot of really great knowledge in there, but hopefully I start to upload some more podcasts over the next few weeks. All right, guys, take care. Bye-bye.